Welcome to the Amelia Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help all of us level up our leadership. I'm your host, Greta Nance, and I'm joined as always by CEO of Amelia Aesthetics, Dr. Jeremy Pyle, and COO of Amelia Aesthetics, Robbie Poe. And I'm excited and nervous, but excited to talk about this topic today because when I was thinking about it this morning, it was something I wish I would have heard at 15 years old for my first job. I am glad I recently we rehad this conversation at 42 years old, 20 years into my career. But it's like something that a lot of people don't talk about. And I'm really excited that it's something we're starting to have more conversations about. So we're actually going to talk about what a paycheck is and means today and how it's influenced yeah which is weird people get weird about money yeah so um you said i i wish i would have heard it at 15 Mm -hmm. i got a text from my buddy drake my my nephew the other day who's 14 and um he said hey jeremy where do you stand on he calls me uncle j man (laughs) uncle j man where do you stand on trampolines and i'm like for him and he's like, well, then talk to my parents. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I would never have one in my house, yeah. but I'm generally for them. And he said, why wouldn't you have one? And I, I, I thought for a minute and I was like, there's not." And I wrote back to him. I said, there's nothing that I can write to you that will make sense to you. And then when you're my age, there's nothing that I could write to you that would make sense that would say, get a trampoline. Like there's some things that you can hear when you're 14 that it doesn't matter what you hear. Like you're not, the things we're going to talk about today to a 14 year old, they don't make any sense. So I, love I, this I don't topic. think that. Yeah. Because like, I think if you're, if you are um, in, let's oversimplify it and make two buckets. Like there's team members that are, let's just be honest here for the paycheck. Like every organization likely has them. And when, as leaders, we're all trying to, hopefully as leaders, we're all trying to be like, we don't want any of those people who are just here for the paycheck. But if you're in that bucket, all of a sudden when they start talking about money, it feels weird because the person who's just here for the paycheck is just talking about money. But in the other bucket, you've got team members who are here for the mission and for the vision, right? They're here for the team and to advance a cause. And they feel weird about talking about money. And so I really love Viktor Frankl's kind of like mind, body, spirit or external, internal philosophical model. We use that all the time and it comes up, I feel like, every single day. And the thing I think is really important about this this whole conversation about money is that until we get past the external or the body in Viktor Frankl's model, we really can't get into the other things. Like until we get past the external, we can't get into the internal and philosophical motivators that all of us have. And I don't know about y'all, but my paycheck matters. If I don't get a paycheck, mouths don't get fed, retirement doesn't get funded, and orphans don't get schooled. Like it's important to me. Like money matters and my paycheck matters. And I think it's good for leaders to stand up and say, your paycheck is important and we're going to talk about money because it matters. I think I have this conversation a lot. I could tie it into home life too, but it I wish I would have heard it at 15 because we're moving from this like allowance, like handout, I get it because I showed up and I'm alive versus here's how I earned it. Mm-hmm. So I love that that is tied into this conversation too of like, just because my body was here from nine till five doesn't mean I get a paycheck. What did I do? So I love tying this into conversations with my kids right now too. I think why I would have struggled with it at 15 is because at that point, like um, my, my brain was what's fair. It was like, well, what is right in the world and what is fair? And, 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 and like some money isn't always that, you know, I was, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about uh, um, authors and, and people who write books 
And I was thinking about how like it would be easy to take a step back and say, as a 15-year-old, that person, this person wrote the book that won the Pulitzer and the National Book Award. That person was the best writer of the year. And the best of something should get the most reward for doing the thing the greatest. And that person may have sold a thousand copies of a book. And uh, Daniel Steele or some version, James Patterson, some version of that may have written a book that took an hour and a half to create on a storyboard and two weeks to write. And it would have been, even that person's admission, not the greatest. And they would have made significantly more money. And like, it would have been so hard for 17 or 15 year old me to figure out that like, that's just the way the world works. And I'm not changing it, that there is some commoditization to how you get compensated that does not have to do necessarily with the greatness of the thing that you create. I think that's why the point of impact, like the, this this idea of impact mm-hmm. is such an important right. piece of what is my paycheck, right? Because it's really easy to kind of romanticize the impact that someone who sold a thousand books and won an award that we've all heard of made on the world. But at the end of the day, that's not how most cultures define impact. And so in like, I love this definition. I came across this for what is a paycheck. It's the proportionate byproduct of your impact, the proportionate byproduct of your impact. And so I, that's, that's the words that fit well together into a sentence. But I think it's important that we as leaders, especially since we have team members listening to this, And if you're listening to this and you're a leader, you have team members who are asking this, what do you value as my leader? Because I would love to value that because the more I value that you value, the more likely I am to be able to increase my impact, the more likely I'm able to increase my paycheck. And I think it's important that as leaders, we are very, very clear with those who we lead and say, here's what I value. Here's how I define impact. So let's talk about it loud and clear, crystal clear, so that you can understand when I think about your impact, when I think about the proportionate difference that you're making and the byproduct of that, here's what I mean as your leader. Mm-hmm. When you walked the, some of the team through this recently, I mean, there were wide open eyes of, oh, like I kind of knew all these things, but I hadn't heard somebody say it so clearly, like here's what I value and here is a simple kind of three steps that you can do to make sure, you know, your impact is as great as it can be, AKA, you know, monetarily, you may be rewarded for doing those things. It was just so crystal clear. So to me, before I read these three things and then we unpack them, uh, I feel like, I feel like part of my role here is to almost like deconstruct Dr. Pyle. You just did it in the beginning of the (laughs) thing. I watched it. It's like, I do feel like, and uh, I, I, I like to think, and maybe it isn't, but I like to think it's a bit of a superpower to where I can, if I spend enough time with someone, I feel like I can all of a sudden start putting some pretty concrete words around. I think, you know, when you, I've heard you say this kind of thing a bunch of times, here's what I, here's what I understand that you mean by that. And so for, for what it's worth, and I'm excited that you're in this conversation to tell me if I've got some of this wrong, because you haven't heard these three things, I don't think, but these are the three things that at least by me watching you and the things that. Um, I'm trying to to to, to model f- like for my team the best followers are the best leaders the best leaders are the best followers that I think that you know when I look at your leadership I see man these are the things that I think when Dr. Pyle would define impact maybe this is what it, it would sound like and so the three things are tangible contributions perceived irreplaceability 
and participation in off-culture drama. So I'll read those three again. So these are kind of things that can positively or negatively impact, impact my impact, your impact, anyone on this team's impact, tangible contributions, perceived irreplaceability, and participation in off-culture drama. Mm-hmm. And we broke down each one of those And that was so helpful too. like kind of asking everybody, what does that mean to you? So what did you what do you think about this hearing him for the first time? Your words, Robbie, when you put them in mantras like that, like I have to deconstruct it in my own brain and be like, what does that mean as paint splattered across a canvas instead of words? And so like, let me hear some more about it and then I'll go through. So let's talk about tangible contributions for a second. Like. This one to me is the most obvious. Like there has to be something that I can point to that you can that every team member can point to and say I did that. Like it's 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 this like tangible repercussion of what I've spent my time doing. Honestly, like uh, since we're talking to a lot of leaders here, I think one of the biggest hurdles that leaders have to get over or one of the biggest landmines that they step in is that they stop doing. Like they're coaching all day long, they're feeling, emotioning all day long, they're keeping their team together all day long. But if a leader goes too long, if it goes too long down the calendar without saying, I built that or I put my hands on that thing and it became so much better, all of a sudden the leader becomes very vulnerable. There's a mental model, serve, drive, direct. Leaders are very good at serving, they're very good at directing. I think leaders sometimes take their eye off the ball when it comes to actually driving something through the organization. That's why I love that we do rocks because every quarter I get a couple of things that can be like, I did that, right? But that tangible contributions piece. And I feel like this is this is also where day-to-day, like very tactical-based team members sometimes get disappointed or frustrated with their paycheck. Because ultimately, when it comes to the impact that you're able to make on the practice, it a lot of times it has to do with the position, the job that you chose to get into. We have a team member who started here as an esthetician. She's amazing. Her name is Angie. And I think she's such an amazing example of this. Like As an esthetician, she was making a certain amount more than most estheticians elsewhere would make. But she's like, I want to do more. And we had a conversation about what we need to increase your tangible contributions. We need to increase your tangible impact to the practice. And she went and became a nurse. And now she is uh, our highest producing injector. It's crazy. Yeah. That's the thing. The tangible part is the thing that would have made the least sense to 17-year-old me. Mm -hmm. It's the one that I would have been like, that's not fair because your impact isn't doesn't have to be tangible it can be uh, um it can be less tangible but it it, ma- it matters mm-hmm. and and so like um what you were saying there without saying it was that like when a person makes the decision to become whatever they're going to become in the world like they can either stop at whatever society puts as the ceiling on that thing or they can pursue growth opportunities into other things potentially mm-hmm. that is really hard to do yeah so, like, <laughs> we sit here and proselytize to some degree into a microphone, not always acknowledging that the things we're talking about are not easy decisions. No. And Angie worked countless hours at night when other people didn't to do the thing that you're talking about. That's right. Okay, so the second one, perceived irreplaceability. I love this one. Perceived irreplaceability because... At the end of the day, perception is reality. It shouldn't be. That's not fair, but it is. 
That's just how it is. So, you know, um, I remember uh, in my uh, the, the place I worked before this, um, I set a goal for myself of reading 52 books in a year. I wasn't a reader. I hadn't read a nonfiction book since high school, but the culture I was in was a reading culture. And I knew, man, if I want, if I want to deliver more tangible contributions, and one of the things I'm going to have to do is increase my personal brand. And so, like, I was like, okay, if I want to be seen as irreplaceable, then I'm going to need to value what I see my leaders valuing. And it was reading. And so I was like eight weeks into this thing. I had knocked out eight books. I felt great about myself. And my team leader at the time, his name was Michael, came to me and said, hey, um, so I know you've read eight books. Does my leader and my leader's leader know you've read eight books? And I'm like, well, n- n- I don't think so. And he's like, well, what are you doing to make sure that they know that you've read eight books? Because it can't all be on my shoulders. I'm doing my best to keep them in the loop, but what are you doing to increase your perceived irreplaceability or your personal brand? And so I started including it in my weekly report. Like there's just this bit of calculated strategy that I think is really healthy for all of us to be thinking about when it comes to our personal brand to make sure it's why we do weekly reports around here so that as many team members as want to can send an email to the entire leadership team and brag on themselves that week. And say, here's how I earned my keep. Here's why I loved what I got to do today. Here's the impact I made on the practice this week. And it incre- every time I read one of those, it increases the perceived irreplaceability of that team member because they got another at-bat one-on-one with me. And I'm like, I, I never would have known half of what that person contributed that week if they hadn't have said something. And so I do think there's a little bit of like self-rah-rah that is good to have in the right way. Yeah. That was my biggest takeaway from the other day. And I need to like remind myself to listen to this podcast once a year to re-remind myself of that because it's easy to put your head down. And sometimes I assume you guys know what I'm doing or the growth I'm doing, but I forget sometimes to do my weekly report. And this was the strongest reminder for me of why I need regularly to just update you on how I'm improving personally and in, you know, doing work related things. So, and I know my team was like, oh my God, I know, I knew why we, I did a weekly report, but I did not realize how important it was to ultimately my paycheck at the end of it. So that was the best takeaway for me. Yeah. The the weekly report concept is a good one because I think that there are probably people in every organization that would be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to brag on myself. And A, there's that part to it. There's the humility part of it. But also there's a little bit like when you put it on paper, what you did that week, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like you either made an unexpected tangible contribution or you didn't make an unexpected tangible contribution. And if your weekly report for seven weeks in a row is, I just did the things that were expected of me this week. Like it becomes an aware, there becomes with that an awareness that that's probably not enough to advance. It's enough to survive and to stay. And there certainly has to be in every organization, there are always people who don't have the same entrepreneurial achiever mindset and and they are really important to an organization. So this isn't to belittle the importance of the contribution of that person. I think it's just to match the that person to that person's expectations for what their growth inside of a company would be. Mm-hmm. I was, it's, it's perfectly okay to be both. Absolutely. I was talking to our software developer, Repard, yesterday. We were talking about this a little bit. And, and he's like, this is hard for me. And he's like, it's hard for me to brag on myself. It's just not who I am. And I'm like, well, th- then you only have one other choice, and it's hope. 
And like I'm te- like hope is not a strategy. Like hope is a feeling. And so the you're, the only other strategy you have, the only other strategy you have is hope, which isn't a strategy at all. And so I'm like, look, I like I know him and I talk all the time. I know the extraordinary work that he does. And one of the things that he is really, really good at is taking these concepts and these complexities that I couldn't possibly ever understand and explaining them to me in a way where I'm like, oh, so our data is more secure because you created you know, universally unique identifiers in the database. Now you're speaking my language. You know, I don't even know what we're talking (laughs) about here. You know, I just found it in my brain. And and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm like, Dr. Pyle would love to know just that. So please tell him. Like, you don't have to look at it necessarily as bragging on yourself. Just look at it in a way of saying, I feel like I did important work this week. And I feel like you as my leader and my leader's leader would like to know that I did important work this week. So I'm just going to make sure you know about it. That's all it is. It's And P.S. for leaders, it's your job too. It's my job to make sure Dr. Pyle knows that everyone that I'm leading is doing a phenomenal job and vice versa. So, Do you struggle with this? Do you struggle with the concept of putting both what you do out there and finding things inside your team that you need to broadcast? Yeah, a little bit. Or is it's, it easy for you? It's ne- When I see it done often and regularly, especially in stand-up when it's kind of built in. Got it. Um, but no, it does not come natural to me. Neither does doing a weekly report. Me either. Yeah, me either. it's tough. I'm the one who I thought Robbie was talking about the other day <laughs> through the whole talk where it's like, oh God, I, you know, every other time. But I'm like, oh, well, he must know. You know, or we've had a conversation about it during the week, so he knows. But God, until you spelled it out so clearly that that's, you know, tied into the impact I'm making and does Dr. Pyle even know? And eventually, you know, if in two years I ask for a raise, have I done these things? Because it's important. And so it was just such a good reminder to not only remind you guys the impact I'm making, but my team mm-hmm. too. And so they do weekly reports better than I do. <laughs> and, but I'm so glad I get theirs. You know, it is I'm sometimes I'm often surprised like, damn, I did not realize they actually finished that this week or it's, it makes me feel differently about my team. So I can't imagine what oh, difference sorry. it makes gives the insight. You get the insight into what your entire organization did that whole week. Friday night, at, like I, I've noticed this over the last couple of months, but it's been this way for years. I just didn't have a, I didn't know it. I didn't pay attention to it. But Friday nights, like my brain is kind of toast. Like I just at yep. the end of Friday night, and like I've never realized that that was a, a thing. And and Friday afternoon is when the weekly reports start rolling in, and it's like <laughs> it's the thing that like like lifts me mm-hmm. back up for the next little bit for that night because. They're fun to read. I just love seeing people proud of what they did. Right. Yeah. Just nothing feels better than I that. I am too. You know. So the third thing is participation in off-culture drama. Mm-hmm. And this is phrased very um very intentionally. So because I do think that there is on culture drama. Mm-hmm. Like, like I do think that there is a very healthy version of I'm rocking the boat. You know, like, so our mission statement here is to make it easy to be a patient. And so I think it's important that if anyone on the team sees something that's making it hard to be a patient, rock the freaking boat, like create some drama, send out the flares, like throw some water in someone's face, like whatever you got to do. Don't do any of those things. actually. (laughs) Like there is this place to where participating in on culture drama, that's actually a very, very positive thing. It's the participation in off culture drama. 
And again, that's defined differently everywhere. But here we would say saying something negative to anyone who can't do anything to solve your problem. We That's gossip. Like we don't do that here. And so the amount that someone chooses to participate in off-culture drama negatively impacts their impact on what they're trying to do. This is the one I think that makes us so different. We were talking about from other cultures in other businesses. I worked for the state of North Carolina for a couple of years. Like this is what was missing so much in that. As long as you show up and you don't rock the boat, you can pretty much do, you know, as long as you don't royally screw up, you will continue to get incremental increases in your paycheck for 40 years. And it just felt so unfair in all honesty. Wait, if I work harder or if I mm-hmm. come in with excellence try to make or something better. That that's no different than this person who's gossiping. And but this is unique to that's at right. least us. I mean, we we reward the boat rockers. Yeah. You know, the ones that get, get show up and say, "Hey, this could be better. This is broken, and I'm not going to be quiet about this until someone helps me solve it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's how you create the first two things. It's how a person creates tangible impact, and it's how they create perceived irreplaceability is by recognizing something that could be better. That's right. And then working and pushing to make it better. That's right. Mm-hmm. But so we true. have had people in the past who've created a lot of impact, who felt irreplaceable, mm-hmm. but were negatively you know, bringing drama, and we didn't know – yeah. How long to keep them? It was a total culture shift. And it's I think it's the most difficult one we've ever made. Mm-hmm. Doc, Dr. Calabrese, who I mentioned, we've mentioned before in this, um, calls those people energy vampires. Mm-hmm. Because they're so hard to move on from because of the first two things, mm-hmm. the perceived irreplaceability and the tangible impact. Mm-hmm. They're so hard to move. And then you do it. And then like all of a sudden the room is filled with oxygen again. And That's you're right. like, oh, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it was being... Sucked out by the energy vampires. So true. There have been immature times in my life, and you might have been part of part of those, where I'm like, hey, if I do an kick-ass job every day and I don't like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I get to act the way I want to act. It's like I at some point realized how toxic that is. And you know, you can't just produce well and not have this piece and be on a healthy team. You have to make something better. Mm -hmm. You have to rock the boat. And you can't be whispering to someone behind a closed door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's it. Mm-hmm. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of other industries. And, and like I think one of the things that is important to me is that like this is not about making the most amount of money. Like if at the end of our careers we look back and go like, I was an a-hole, but I made the most amount of money that not I worth could. It. Not worth it, right? And so like – but I think there are some industries where it's just the natural culture is – get that bread as mm-hmm. the kids would say mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think they say that anymore you know, already right. <laughs> the middle-aged people would say <laughs> that's where it involves kids to middle-aged to older got it um uh yeah like like i think that 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 there are industries where that happens and um it's why uh i i i was a business in, in major for a bit it's why i moved away from it because like i looked out into the world and i saw a bunch of that and i'm like that ain't me like that's not gonna work i can't be that guy who's just like Hey, uh, let's get this sold so that I can make a little more money so that I can get to my boat. Yeah. And and I think that that um like the more of that off culture drama that a person tolerates, the more the first two things become the only things and they're just not enough. Mm-hmm. The last kind of thought I have is specifically around like the business side of it. So I'm glad you brought it up because like 
I think it's really easy for people who are involved in profit and loss statements all the time and they're thinking about how much does this cost or how much, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's really easy for um, us to, to be like, oh, yes, of course, all of this paycheck stuff just has to do with how much money we can actually pay out. But I don't think it's natural. Like, I don't think that's the natural bent that most people think. Like, I think it would be really easy to hear this podcast and be like, oh, I, I hit all those things. I, I should I should make more money. There is always a limitation. Like your impact can never exceed the dollars that are in the business that can be used for payroll. And so I don't think that's as obvious as it as it probably feels to me like it would be. So I feel like we have to say it out loud is that there is a factor that is largely not on team members that does impact with this conversation about paychecks. And it has to do with, well, I mean, we just we're making our way through this COVID thing. Our team has worked as hard as they, I feel like, have ever worked. And we're not handing out raises left and right right now because the dollars in the business, we just went through a freaking pandemic. The dollars in the business aren't what the dollar, like the impact is always capped by what is available to pay. And I think it's really important for team members to remember that, especially when it comes to the expenses they create on a regular basis or the revenue that they're driving on a regular basis. But that's always going to be kind of a, a, um, a piece of the equation that I don't think most team members think about. And we have to. Mm-mm. Our financial transparency that has been increasing about the business in the past couple of years has helped that tremendously. Like I think we've talked about it before. I'm sure other certain team members in other practices are like, they make millions of dollars. I'm sure there is all of this money to be had. When you guys have done a really great job of being like, hey, this costs this and this costs this, and we just bought this and remember how much this expansion just costs. And it's helpful to see long term that that money just isn't there at the top waiting to be dispersed into everyone's paychecks every month. And that wasn't the case before we started becoming having more conversations with the entire team about, money. about finances. Yeah, it's why profit sharing exists. Because when, when we implemented, pro, not re, as a retirement benefit, but as like, a, hey, we have this, we have some profit last month, it's going to be shared. Um, that was a really, really anxious thing to implement. It was not a comfortable thing. We did it last year, I think, or the beginning of this last January. Last January, and um, um, but I think this is that's where it is. Like, um, a person's paid what they're paid, what we agreed would be the thing, and then like if there's extra profit, then it's distributed to some degree. So the more of that that we can create as a business, the more the benefit to the team. And but I think like it's our job to worry about that thing agreed like it's the team member's job to worry about the tangible impacts that they can make and it's Mm -hmm. our job to create an infrastructure where they create actual benefit yep i love that so leaders talk to your team members about this stuff talk to them about what you value so that they know what to value because ultimately all of us know that us mirroring the values of our leaders does strongly impact our paychecks. And it's not fair to team members when they don't know what the targets are. Absolutely. Thank you. If you'd like to listen to or watch previous episodes or learn more about Amelia leadership, you can go to amelialeads.com. Thank you guys. Thank you.